If you've got your Bibles, turn to John 15, 1 to 8. If you've been in Christendom a long time, you'll know this scripture. The question is, do you live this scripture? So this scripture is talking about abiding in Jesus. And as a church this year, and we're trying to do this anyway, is that I want us to be looking more at abiding in Jesus than getting caught up in the busyness of stuff. Now, you've all heard the Martha and the Mary story. There's a place for doing, but there's a place for sitting. There's a place for abiding. And do you understand what the word abide means? To draw close, to follow ways, to sit at the feet, to whatever's going on, Jesus is central, certainly in the Christian context of this, but he's central to everything that we're about. We know this scripture that I'm going to read, but I really want to challenge us this morning. And this morning we're going to do something different and we might keep doing this through the year. Is that in James it talks about don't just be hearers but be doers of the word. And at some point this morning we're going to be talking about the word. Oh, pastor, you're going to make us work. Yeah, I am. I'm going to make you think. I'm going to make you get stimulated this morning. So this is what the word of God says. And let me just before, let me, before I get into that word, I need to give this announcement because I'll forget it is about the word of God. So a number of people were asking me about Pastor Phil's message last week. We are making that available this week through, uh, so you can listen. You won't be able to see it because the recording isn't great in how, how it was presented to us, so we can't put it up. But we're going to put that up. Where will that be, Sean? On our website, newspringcitychurch.org. You'll be able to hear Pastor Phil's message again. Like I say, it's just to hear it. Some people said they wanted to make some more notes. Other people said I could do with my, my son or somebody else listening to that. So that's part of not just being hearers. That's part of being doers by responding to the word of God. And that'll be up this week at some point. Thank you, Sean. John 15, 1 to 8 says this. I am the vine. This is Jesus. You are the branches. So let me stop there. The vine is Jesus, the source. The branches is us ones that know him, the body. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. May God add his blessing unto his word. So firstly, I want you to understand that the vine is Jesus, the source. Every vineyard that is fruitful across the world has a source. They're not just on trees. There's, there's a vine that feeds those grapes. Are we agreed with that? So when it comes to this scripture, it says, I am the vine. Jesus said, I am the source. I am the one that gives life. I am the one that brings everything to us. And you're the branches. So we see in a vineyard, there's branches that spread out. And if you look at a vineyard, it goes for acres and acres and acres, but it comes back to one place. There's vines that are feeding, that are making it healthy, that are making it well. 
So as we read this, as we look into this, I want you to remember, he's the source, and as believers, we're the branches. Now, I don't know what your concept of God is or Jesus, and hopefully we're trying to change it at New Springs, that we have a God who wants you to bear much fruit. Did you hear me right there this morning? We have a God who wants you to bear much fruit. Now, he doesn't just say, not me, not me. He doesn't just say you can have a little bit of fruit. Just said, there you go, there's a little bit for you. He's a God who says, I want you to bear much fruit. That, that means he wants you to be prosperous. Now, when you think you like that word prosperous, you think I'm going to jump straight to money. It's not about money. That's included, but it's not about money. He wants you to bear fruit. And I want to ask you this question this morning. Firstly, are you connected to the source? And if you're not connected to the source, I would suggest get connected to the source. Because it changes everything. Changes how you think. Changes how you do things. It changes how you love. This bigger vision of loving God and love people. Get connected to the source. But I want to ask you the question of, where do you want to bear fruit in 23? You must have sat down and thought, I want to bear fruit in this. I'm not just talking from a Christian point of view. And that's important because you want to bear fruit in how we follow Jesus and how we grow in there. But where do you want to bear fruit this year? But for you to bear fruit, you have to be connected to the source. And if you want to bear fruit in something that's not in Christendom, actually, you need to go back to the source. Because the source of life, Jesus will, if you put him first, the word of God says, everything else will fall into place. And I believe that's not just in our Christian walk. I believe we're spiritual beings that everything is connected because Jesus says, I want you to bear fruit. But we live with a mentality that says, I don't deserve to receive fruit. But God is saying, you do deserve to bear fruit. Not because of anything you've done. Because when I sent my son Jesus to die on the cross and he rose again, I was opening the door so you could bear much fruit. Should have been some more amens there. God wants to bless you, not just a little bit, but muchly. If that's a word, muchly. I'm making that word up if it's not. But it's interesting as you go on to read that word, because sometimes we say, yes, Lord, I'll take all the fruit that you've got for me. Yay! But there's a little bit that goes on. There's a condition. Saying, you've got to stay connected to me. And it says here very clearly, apart from me. So it's saying, if you're away from me, if you disconnect from me, you can do nothing. And I believe that in every situation that we walk in, if we are disconnected from the source, from Jesus, we can do nothing. Yes, we're intelligent. Yes, we're clever. Yes, he puts things. But I believe all that intelligence, all those skills that you've got have come from Jesus. Because he wants you to prosper. He wants you to be light in the darkness. He wants you to make a difference. 
Apart from me, you can do nothing. Some of the versions in the Bible say, abide in me. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Say to the person next to you, the master wants you to bear much fruit. The master wants you to bear much fruit. Tell the other person on the other side. So when I'm talking about the master, I'm talking about Jesus, the source, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one that brings life. The master wants you to bear much fruit. If you hear nothing else this morning, give yourself a pep talk that God is saying, I want you to bear much fruit. It doesn't say there's a circumstance that my life is rubbish at the minute and you're not going to bear much fruit doesn't say because you don't feel like it, you're not going to bear much fruit. If you stay connected to the source, the condition is you stay in me and me in you, you're going to bear fruit. Which is good, isn't it? Because there's times I read my Bible, there's times I'm praying before the Lord, and I'm thinking, Lord, you've got to do something different here. You've got to show up here. But as I faithfully do that, even when the times are hard, it's setting me up for something later. Because he's saying, son, daughter, I see that this is difficult at this moment, but I'm going to come through. And I'm going to come through on the word of God, because that's truth. So when we need it, it's going to come out. But I'm going to come through because you are going to bear much fruit. In 24, uh, 23, where do you want to bear much fruit? Say to the person next to you, the master wants you to bear much fruit. I want us to jump to Proverbs 3 a minute. Proverbs 3 shows ways of how we can abide in him. It's in, in fact, it shows part of our bigger vision of, I used to point up there because it used to be up there, it's not up there anymore. But loving God and loving people. Proverbs 3 talks about our bigger vision, but also this shows us ways we can abide in the Lord. You think abiding in the Lord, if you think abiding in the Lord is just sitting with 24 hours of worship on and blacking the curtains out and seeing nobody for 24 hours, that's a part, but it's not everything about abiding in Him. When you are going to work and you sit in that car park, you can abide with Him. When you are giving that lecture or doing what you're doing over Zoom or in a classroom, you're, you can abide with him. When you are doing that volunteer work, when you're seeing that family member, Christian or non-Christian, you can abide in him by the choices that we make, by the way we choose to use our mouths in how we speak. You can go into a situation and you can be effing and jeffing. That's not abiding in him. Live for his glory in the situations that you're in. So Proverbs 3 says this. My son, this is equal for daughters of the world, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him 
and he will make your path straight. Verse 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, his son, his delights in. Blessed is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding, for she is more profitable than silver, yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She's the tree of life to those who embrace her. Those who lay hold of her will be blessed. I'm going to leave it there and go on to read the rest of that passage. It's a great passage to read. But there's many things in there of how we can be living, on how we draw on the source, abiding in him. Many passages I mentioned there, scriptures or, or verses of different ways we can abide, in how we love, in how we respond, in how we deal with things. Blows my mind how I have seen some people be in church and they've got their hands raised up and the lips are saying the right things. But outside, somebody cuts them in the car, something happens within them. The kids do something they shouldn't have done and there's a language that goes... Somewhere that it shouldn't go. Or we come out and we moan and we criticise somebody or we talk about somebody behind their back. We're called to be different. If you want to bear much fruit, get near to the source. And if you're near to the source, you'll go out of here different. People are going to wind you up, of course they are. People are going to frustrate you, of course they are. It's the nature of who we are. But if you are abiding, if you're in the source and the source is in you as in Jesus, you'll go out of it different. But not just here. Remember, Gordon shared something with me that this is talking about abiding with the Lord. Because if you're abiding, we do things differently. We act differently. Gordon shared a story with me that somebody parked in a place where he wanted to park. And everything within him wanted to give this person a peace of mind. This is a bit raw, isn't it, Vince? Wanted to give him the peace of mind, or this person a peace of mind, and was ready and knew what he was going to say. And then the Holy Spirit said to him, no, you're not. No, you're not. I don't want you to respond that way. And Gordon goes on to tell me the story that he didn't respond that way, but he went out and it opened up a conversation a whole different way of how this space actually helped this person more than it helped Gordon at that time. That's abiding in the source. Because if we're not abiding in the source, we're not going to be any different. Something happened to Vince yesterday without me going into detail. Vince could have quite easily got back into his past, but he decided to abide in the source and not go back to the past. 
Well done, Vince. He doesn't like being the centre of attention. But why do, I, why do I say that? Because this is somebody trying to abide in the Lord. Is he perfect? No. Is Gordon perfect? No. But they're trying to abide in the Lord. And when we abide in the Lord, he always shows up. He always allows us an exit route or something, a better way of responding. You can't respond in a better way if you're not abiding. If you're not abiding with the source. He wants us to bear much fruit. I want to change, just tack slightly here. Change lane a little bit. We're in difficult times, aren't we? Matthew, it's in the New Testament, isn't it? Go to Matthew 6. In fact, actually, this does tie. We're not changing lanes that much, actually. Is that, how are we going to pay the gas bill? How are we going to pay the electric? The food costs are going up. And, and I appreciate that every one of us are struggling with those kind of questions, with those kind of worries. And if we are, our street are. And if our street are, our city are. This is what Matthew 6 says. I want to give you some comfort this morning because firstly in Philippians it says this 4.19 and my God will supply all your needs, say my needs, according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Wow, there's some rich people in the world but no richer than our God. Matthew 6, just some reassurance if I can find it. From 25. This is Jesus talking. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. We love to worry, don't we? If we've got nothing to worry about, we're worried. We seem to be a nation of worriers. It's interesting that God put this in his word. It says this, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. That's why I don't worry about going to the gym. Don't worry about your body. It says it there in the word of God. <laughs> Trying to live it. Or what you wear. Is not life more important than food? And the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Are you listening? Are you not much more valuable than a beautiful bird? Yes, you are. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? I didn't have grey hair. Until I got kids. <laughs> Until I was looking after two churches. I've added hours. Who by worrying can add a single hour to their life? 28. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the fields grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. When we talk about Solomon, Solomon was the richest king ever. Wanted for nothing. We talk about Ronaldo earning ridiculous amounts of money of £200 million a year for his next contract. That was nothing compared to what Solomon had in his riches. They say Solomon was the wisest man ever to live. I'm not sure about that. He had lots of wives and lots of mother-in-laws. I'm not sure that's wise. But they say he was the wisest man. 
Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. That is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you? O oh, you of little faith, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom. Here we go, abiding in him. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. These beautiful flowers, greater than what Solomon ever wore. And that's how valuable and how much worth he sees of you. These birds that are beautiful and fly, and birds we've probably never discovered yet. God says, I think you're greater than that. Some of my greatest, greatest creations is nothing compared to you. To how I formed you, to how I've made you. Nothing else is made in my image but you. You know what I love about Father God? The first time in creation that he gets off his throne is to get his hands dirty, get his fingernails dirty for me and you. To create, to form us. Everything else he said, let there be. This is how powerful his voice was. Let there be, let there be, let there be. And within moments, things were there. When he came to us, he said, I'm getting off my throne. You are so valuable. You have so much worth. You have so much that, that I want you to do and be part of. I'm going to get my hands and my nails dirty for you. I'm not going to create you. I'm going to form you. And I'm going to make you in my image. That's amazing. We are made in his image. And sometimes I look in the mirror and I'm like, Wow. Not even a shave and a shower is going to help me this morning. But God looks right back at me and he's looking back at you and he says, you are made in my image. You are a masterpiece. You are created for greatness. And if the flowers have those kind of coats, if the birds have that kind of food, how much more am I going to care for you? He wants you to bear much fruit. There's something about I like to go to my fridge and see it full for a couple of reasons. But it's not about what you think it's about. It's not just because I like to go to the fridge because I like the light coming on, I like to perform or anything like that. It's not because I always like the food in the fridge. I like to go because it shows me that God is my source. We have had our cupboards at times. We've talked about this this morning before the service. How are our cupboards full? They shouldn't be. But yes, they are because God says, I will provide your every need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Now, hear me. There's a word there, needs. It's different from wants. It's different from wants. He said, I will supply all of your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. He wants you to bear much fruit. He wants you to abide in him. And the fruit of that is bearing much fruit in whatever that may be. 
in 23, where do you want to bear much fruit? I keep asking you this question, but I want you to answer the question. Because if you don't know where you want to bear fruit in, how are you going to receive it? I believe in a God, in a Jesus that says, be very clear what you want. Because it says in Psalms, I will give you the desires of your heart. Again, it doesn't stop there. If it tallies with my word. He wants to give you the desires of your heart, but it all comes from abiding in him. And abiding in him gives you much fruit, which is part of the desires of the heart. How are you getting on abiding with him? It's not too late to abide with him. Now I'm going to put our great leaders on the spot now. They always got something to say of these leaders. They're brilliant. No, we haven't. You don't want to heckle me anymore. You never heckle me. Okay. That's okay. So I'm going to come to our leaders, and they can answer this. This is no problem. Without me giving you seven steps of how we can abide in Jesus, I'm going to ask our leaders practically, how can we abide in the Lord? How can we abide in Jesus? Or how do you abide in the Lord? Now, here's the problem. If I go to Sheila first, and she says, I go to the Word of God, and I read my Bible, you're going to have to come up with someone else, Rob. And then if Ed's the last person I go to, he can't just say, yeah, the same as Sheila. Come to you first, Rob. <laughs> oh, you want me to come to you first now, do you? I want my dinner... And I love my wife. I'm going to her first. In fact, she's going to come to me. I ain't going up there. Okay, so, leaders, practically, how can we abide in Jesus and how do you abide in Jesus? And in a few moments, I'm going to put some questions up and I'm going to ask you to do some work. Why? Because I just don't want you to be hearers. I want you to be doers of the work. And the problem is, is we rush into church and we hear the word and we think, that's great. I'm going to get hold of that. And then we go out there what did he say? I'm just as bad, and I'm the one that's preached it. Because our minds are on other things. I'm trying to get three scooters home and three kids and a wife without breaking somebody's ankle. Oh. I'm not always thinking about the word. Maybe we need to take some time. Actually, what you're saying, Holy Spirit. So I'm going to ask the leaders, how do you abide in Jesus? There's no right or wrong answer here. I'm not trying to catch you out. Jen, come on down. The price is right. <laughs> Practically. Something I read yesterday really challenged me, and it was just a little devotion thing, and it said, it was talking about being married, but in the concept of being with God, and it said, forsaking all others, and that just that one phrase has just been going over and over my mind. It was saying, forsaking all others as in everything else is a part. So with God, if you're putting your work before him, if you're putting your friends before him, if you're putting whatever you spend your time for, no, you're committed to forsake all others and put God first. So that just really challenged me, just as, as a practical thing to think about. Thanks, Jen. Marion. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't have to come up. I'll come to you. Uh, yeah, it's focus. Um, 
and taking that time to just pull your focus back, whatever's going on around you, to be abiding in him, is to constantly pull your focus back so that you, you're looking at him, you're listening to him, whether it's reading his word, whether it's just sitting quiet in that secret place, in the busyness of life, keep that focus on him. That's good. Now, I want to tell you something about our leaders. Our leaders are great. They love the Lord. They're trying to live wholeheartedly for him. They're not perfect. So this is just how they do things. And every time we're trying to share here from a leader's perspective, we're not trying to say or condemn you. We're just trying to say, this is how we do it. But we're not perfect. So, Miranda, I'm going to come to you. How do you abide in the Lord? And then pass it to Rob and go to Yeah, yeah. I mean, this sounds very similar to... Um, to Marion's, I think, but um, taking time to rest in your day so we can be really busy running around doing all the things that we think we're supposed to do and getting caught up in the in the day-to-day. And I'm really guilty of this. I don't slow down enough. And sometimes we just need to stop what we're doing, put everything down and take a breath, take some time to sit quietly with God and don't busy yourself. When I was first saved, I had a very simplistic view on what I needed to do. And that was before every decision I made, I would ask myself the question, what would Jesus do? Now, even though I've, I've been in church for quite a while now, that simplistic view hasn't changed. Mm still before every decision I make I ask myself what would Jesus do Um, practically uh, I get up earlier than I need to every day so that I can just spend some time not necessarily reading the Bible or doing a plan just spending some time in his presence and listening rather than talking Um, and also and it is quite simplistic as well um, I try to imagine in every situation that Jesus is in the room with me. So in what I say and what I do, I, I imagine that he's there watching and he can hear what I'm saying. And um, Ed, oh bless you, mate. For me, it's about trusting others so about recognizing where God is strong in others and getting along not me getting alongside them but allowing them to get alongside me so I've got a couple of people in my life who I know because they are strong in the Lord that I can go to because I don't have all of the answers and I need the help of others And that is not an easy place to be, if I'm being honest, because I'd rather be the one that just, like, would get my head down. It'd be fine. I'll just do it. I'll get on with it and do it myself. And so I look to others for what God is doing in their life, and that inspires me. So Sheila's somebody who I trust. And, you know, I get the privilege of of working with Sheila, but she's actually changing me in just who she is. Um, this uh, another man over here who I'll embarrass as well, Gordon. There's, uh, there's something in Gordon that 
just like it's God. It's the God and the Jesus in him, just like it is in Sheila, that attracts me. And then there's people like Vince who inspire me. He doesn't even realize this, and now he's totally embarrassed. But it's about the journey, and it's what Jesus is doing in you, Vince, that inspires me, that I look to. So when I'm going through, like, something, I'm just like, yeah, but also God is always. And obviously there's Pastor Nathan as well. I know that if I've got something that's weighing me down, I know I can come to you. And it'll not be like, oh, I said again. Or, uh, I ain't got time. I know that he'll give me the time. But it's not about these individuals. It's the God in them that makes the difference. Thanks, said uh, This is why we do it together. This is where the body's strong. When we do it together. When we grow together. When we journey together. And, and some of these leaders said, you know, what I'm going to say is very simple. Do you know what? When it comes to our faith in 2023, let's get back to being simple. We make things so complicated. Let's get back to making things simple. Falling in love with the one that we first in love, fell in love with. Why did we fall in love with him? We make it so difficult. What does it look like for you to abide in Jesus? And maybe you haven't been abiding. Maybe you haven't had quality time with him ever. Do you know what? Start today. I've got a friend who uses this thing, start to stop. That thing that you're doing, you shouldn't be doing, start to stop. Start reading today. Start praying today. Start having fellowship with people today. Maybe you need to open up to somebody and just say, can we have a coffee? Because I see God in you. And I need some of that God in you in me. Well, we're going to put some questions up. And I'm going to get you guys doing some work now. You can do this however you want to do it, right? So would you put a little bit of music on for me? These questions are going to keep rotating around. I either want you to just look yourself, make notes, and definitely make notes of these because you can look at it after. Talk to the people around you. And, and this isn't about talking about, did you put the chicken on, love? Or did you switch that iron off? Because if the iron's on, the house is already burnt now, so too late. But ask yourself these questions. Why am I asking you to ask these questions or to look at these questions? Because I want you to grow. I want you to move forward. And I want us to be not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. I'm going to read these questions out because they're going around a little bit fast to catch them. This is your response now to the Word of God. Holy Spirit, how have you been speaking this morning? Would you open our hearts and our minds now just to explore this for a little bit longer? Where do you want to see fruit in 23? How can you abide with Jesus in 2023? The first question I'm going to throw out there. And then you can either talk on your own with the Lord or ideally you can discuss it with somebody next to you or a couple of people around you. 
What ways do you abide with Jesus? As in draw close. What are you going to go, what are you going to do differently in your abiding in 2023? Because if you've done things the same way, always the same way, and not had results that you've wanted, you're going to get the same result. Maybe you've got to try something new. Maybe you've got to, Gordon, I'm not trying to embarrass Gordon, but he, he told me this story of his grand, his mom was a great warrior for the Lord and she was worried about how Gordon was going on in his faith. But she spoke, he got spoke to by the Lord over Gordon and said, when Gordon makes time for me, I will show up in that place. And you got hold of that. I can't abide for you. My point is, I can't abide for you. Nobody else can abide for you. When you get serious before the Lord, he will show up in that space. So Gordon knew he had to do something differently to get a different result. What are you going to do differently in your abiding in 2023? What are you going to prune or cut off completely, if anything, to allow something new? See, there can't be growth sometimes unless we prune something. There can't be growth sometimes unless we cut something totally off. Even the Word of God says that if, if that does not bear fruit, dig it, put manure around it. If it still doesn't bear fruit, get it out. Burn it. So what have you got to prune? What have you got to cut off in 2023 to allow something new to happen? And in 2023, name it. Write it down. Pray over it. Where would you like to bear much fruit? If I want my family to follow the ways of the Lord in 23, I've got to be setting things in place that's going to allow them to bear much fruit. That's going to allow them to grow in it. It's no good me saying, I wish my wife, my boys will follow the Lord and that's it then, over to you. I've got to do something about it. I've got to devote, do devotions. I've got to pray. I've got to be talking about Jesus into situations. Two thousand twenty-three. Where would you like to bear much fruit? It might be in that relationship. I want this relationship to bear fruit. Well, what have you got to do? Ask the Holy Spirit what you've got to do for that relationship to bear fruit. I'm not just talking about people that you're dating or you're married to, or I'm talking about our relationship. You've got to do something about it. You've got to say, Holy Spirit, what do I do? Here's something that's going to upset you. Maybe some of you. Maybe to allow you to move forward, to allow you to grow, you've got to prune some friendships or totally cut them off. You're joking. You're joking. Cut somebody off. If that person's going to stop you growing, moving forward, Wow. How can you abide with Jesus in 2023? Ask these questions later on as well. What ways do you abide with Jesus? 
because I want you to maybe share them because that might help somebody else. We've heard some stuff from our leaders. What are you going to do differently in your abiding in 2023? Because if you want different results, you've got to do something different. You lose nothing from trying apart from gaining some great fruit. What are you going to prune? What are you going to cut off completely, if anything, to allow something new? In 2023, where would you like to bear much fruit? So over to you. Either write them down, feel free to talk. Maybe sit with the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? And, and, and you've heard me every week say this, that if the Holy Spirit is saying something to you, that's great, but it doesn't just stop there. You have to do something about it. And maybe you want a situation to bear fruit in 23, then maybe the response is, you're going to just keep praying into that. You're going to keep fasting into that. There's some things in our, our family, our wider family, that need to change in 23, but they're not going to come unless we pray and fast over the situation. The Word of God says that some of these things won't just be done because of prayer. You need to fast too. So the music's on. Feel free to talk. Feel free to write. Feel free to ask the Holy Spirit. Why am I doing this? Because somehow we have to keep moving forward. We have to grow. I don't want to be a pastor that just says, there's the information, now see you later. Because together we're better. Together we can grow. Gordon's going to share and then we're going to talk. Friends, I feel very humbled this morning. Uh, Happy New Year. <laughs> With one thing or another, through sicknesses that, that we've both had and circumstances, it's our first uh, Sunday back and I was feeling a bit disconnected, as you would. Oh, you know, I mean, for whatever reason, money I mentioned three times. Now, when the Lord mentions your name once, that's one thing. When he mentions it again and three times, that's not to pick me up and just say, the Lord just saying, you're with me. You are connected. I felt disconnected. I, had a, I felt I had a word this, this morning of encouragement, but I felt disconnected. I thought, I don't have the confidence or the courage to get up because I haven't been here. What a lie. I haven't seen my friend for a few weeks. Is he still my friend? Of course he is. I haven't seen my uncle Jim up in Scotland for two years. Is he still my uncle? Of course he is. But I knock on his door, or he knocks on my door, fellowship's restored instantly. But it was never severed. The word I had was exactly to confirm his word. And in one sense, I wish I'd said it beforehand, which confirms it, but now I'm confirming it at the back end. Does that make sense? It says in 1 Chronicles 22, it says, now seek the Lord with all your heart. Sorry, seek your God with all your heart and soul. Build the sanctuary and the Lord. Sorry. Now seek the Lord your God with all your heart and soul. Build the sanctuary of the Lord so that you can bring the ark of the Lord's covenant and the holy vessels of God into the temple. Of all the things that Solomon 
instruct them to do to build a temple. He says, build the sanctuary first, not the walls and the towers. In other words, don't build the way you want to build your life. This is what I felt the Lord was wanting to say. But seek me first and build the sanctuary. You think, well, surely you build the other parts. No, build the sanctuary. The most important part is in here. And everything else will flow from that. Churches often mention, or preachers mention about a new year, and they say, I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. We've all heard that before. Plans to prosper you, give you hope in the future. I felt the Lord was saying that there's people that are trying to make your own plans. You try to build your own life. And what success have you had? Some walls are a bit skewed with, and the plans that you had haven't quite worked out, and you feel disconnected? Build the sanctuary first. Build in him, in here first. And on a practical level, I know our, our leaders have been sharing on practical level, if I may share and finish now, mine is first thing as I wake up, what's my thought? Because that's going to steer me for the rest of the day. Because you can bet your bottom dollar, the enemy will put into, into your mind what he wants you to think about that day. That situation at work, that problem that you've been having plan B and C and D and F because you have a controlling nature sometimes. And we want to control our day, our life, our destiny. He says, without me, you cannot build anything at all. Without me, which is exactly what you've said, you can't bear fruit. So I've started to actually utilize what a lot of us have, and that's praying in tongues, first thing. Now, my mind says what you're praying about because it likes to be in with it, likes to, likes to know what you're praying. But without faith, the Lord says, you can't please me. So when you're praying in tongues, you're actually praying an act of faith. The Lord revealed to me that about a fortnight ago. He said, when you're praying in tongues, and your mind's saying, this is a waste of time, you don't know what you're praying about. The Lord says, I know what I'm praying about. In you, and it's perfect. So first thing, as soon as you wake up, if you can pray in tongues, pray in tongues. And that's an act of faith. So isn't it great when you can wake up and pray in tongues that your first thing you've done is you've, you've, act, you've, you've done an act of faith to God, which pleases him. And from that, everything else will issue out. Build the sanctuary first. Thanks, Gordon. Good word. Thank you. So go ahead. Talk. Discuss. Spend some time with the Lord. Some great things that have been said by our leaders and Gordon there. The practical ways that we can abide. If you're wondering what's going on, you're visiting, just, just bear with us.
Maybe you have no clue what abiding means. Or maybe this morning you have to put your life and give your life to Jesus. That starts, abiding starts with giving your life to Jesus this morning. Making him in your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've done it your way. It's time to do it the Lord's way. If you want to respond to Jesus this morning, come and see him at the end. I'd love to introduce you to him. This might feel a little bit uncomfortable. But we have to be not just hearers, but doers of the word. And iron sharpens iron. What does what we're talking about mean in your context? If you're writing them down, I'll read them again. What ways do you abide with Jesus? What are you going to do differently in your abiding in 2023? What are you going to prune, cut off completely, if anything, to allow something new to to sprout forward or grow? 2023, where would you like to bear much fruit? Maybe it's in your marriage, it's in a relationship, maybe it's over your finances, maybe it's a combination of all those things, maybe it's in your health. As I look around, there's, there's something that's stirring in my spirit. This, this, this is good. This is, this is the body trying to grow together. Maybe you need to say to the person next to you again, the master wants you to bear much fruit. Maybe you need to go and put it on your mirror. What you see every day, the master wants you to bear much fruit. Not just a little bit. Oh, Holy Spirit, what you say? Holy Spirit, would you show up?
I'm just going to give you another, maybe another 30 seconds and you can keep discussing this and then I want to show you a song. In fact, we played this song at our uh, resource centre service the other week. It's a lovely song that I came across about just explaining and telling us how Jesus, how much he cares for us and not to worry. Just another maybe 20 seconds discussing it. Just as we're doing this, I think it's really important, and Pastor Nathan's already said this, we do it together. If we try and do it in our own strength and by ourselves, it's going to become difficult. We have to do this together. Let's get connected to one another. Let's trust one another. Build and invest in each other. Because if Pastor Nathan's not growing, I'm not growing. If I'm not growing, Pastor Nathan's not growing. June, if you're not growing, I don't grow. I need you to grow for my own growth just as much as you need me to grow for your growth. Together, we do this. Amen. Together. That's the vine being connected. Do you know what? We're going to finish the service right there. I'm going to pray over you. I want to bless you. If you want to know Jesus, come and see me at the end. If you want to be prayed for, I'm going to ask um, the two, three guys on the front, would you come and... Marion, if you're up for... You know, I don't know how you're feeling. If Marion, you're available to pray as well. Jen, come here and pray. Ed, you can come out. In fact, all the leaders come out. That'd be easier, wouldn't it? And these guys will minister to you. And I trust these guys. These guys won't be leaders if we didn't trust them, so... If you need prayer, come and see them. What's the Holy Spirit saying? What's he doing? Let me pray for you. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you that in the world that we live in, you are still in control. That you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords that you sit on the throne, that, Father, that you hold us very valuable and dearly to you, that, Jesus, that we have more value and worth than any flower, than any bird in the air, that, Lord, that we don't need to worry because you will meet our every need. Father, that we won't be anxious about our gas, we won't be anxious about our electric because, Father, you are our source. And Father, this week as we, we try and abide in you, would you we, we realize that you are the source and connect to you differently, I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, for those in the room that need a touch, spiritually, emotionally, physically, in the name of Jesus, I'm confessing over your life, be healed. Be free. Lord, for those who are not here for whatever reason, Lord, would you touch them? Would you speak right into their situations? And Father God, for every one of us in this room now, Lord, I, I pray in the name of Jesus that in our friendships, in our relationships, in our marriages, in our finances, in our businesses, in, in our comings, in our goings, that you would bless us in Jesus' name. And I say this, be blessed in Jesus' name. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Be blessed in Jesus' name and be blessed in Jesus' name.